like we have this thing like let the creators create wow. that means get all the other stuff out of the way <laughs> that's what these folks have this this their superpower you know Welcome to another edition of The Cusp Show, the Columbia University Sports Podcast, where we talk about the business of sports, media, disruption, innovation, content, business, obviously. Uh, I'm Joe Favorito. My co-host, Tom Richardson, here at the beginning of May is off somewhere at a wedding in Texas, so I'm going to do this solo. Uh, but we've got a conversation that, that actually we're going to have today about, we're now a week if you're listening to this in early May or whenever you're listening to it, a week removed from the NFL draft um, and the content extravaganza that came out of that, not just in home cities, but in places overseas and also obviously in Las Vegas um, and a team that is looking at content production and generation and creation in a different way than they have in the past is the recently returned to the office, Minnesota Vikings. Um, with a totally changed front office from when the season finished last year and hopefully a little bit more of a new vision um, and um, trying to figure out how to storytell better to a new audience. Uh, and leading that is Brian Harper, VP of Content Production for the Vikings. So Brian, welcome to the Cusp Show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been exciting. Yeah, this has been, uh, it's funny, I don't remember, we talked about this last year and then we just kind of stopped and obviously craziness ensued and we got back to it and the NFL season started, but the timing couldn't have been, couldn't really be better when you look back, because uh, as you mentioned before we started, the Vikings have kind of really reorganized the front office, um, trying to build kind of a new vision as to where this is going to go. But also like most teams now are realizing that we've got tremendous content that we can both generate and then service out. And we need to figure out how to do that better. So two things, one is, how did you get to the Vikings? And second of all, tell us about the new vision and, and kind of the area that you guys are now going to undertake in the content generation and production space. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tackle the first one. Um, you know, that's I've been, an easy one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I graduated from the university of Southern Indiana 26 years ago. Um, I worked in the athletic department uh, in school. I was a communications major. I worked in the, in the, they didn't have a lot of sports management programs back then. It was kind of still, still new. So I worked in the athletic department for the men's head basketball coach, who's Bruce Pearl. He's actually the head coach at Auburn university. Now. I was to um, say a hell of a division two program, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. We, we, uh, we won a national title in 95 and uh, it was, it was a great experience. You know, Indiana is obviously known for basketball. And so it, it was, it was a good, uh, a good deal to be there. Um, so that's kind of where I was like, I figured it out. I was like, you know what, I want to, I'm, I want to try to make sports my career. So after that, I, I went to uh, Columbus, Ohio, worked for the Columbus crew, Major League Soccer, selling tickets mm -hmm. um, from there, Pittsburgh Pirates, um, selling premium seats and opening PNC Park in 2001 was, was unbelievable. It's one of the better ballparks in, in Major League Baseball. Uh, from there, I went to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, selling premium and suites, and then you know working towards Super Bowl Thirty Nine in Jacksonville in February two thousand five, um, which was a which was a great uh, you know unique situation there with with the lack of hotel rooms and bringing in cruise ships for people to mm -hmm. stay on and stuff. But uh, 
that was a, a great time in my career. And then um, where things kind of changed for me is I, I, I left the Jags and I went to uh, International Speedway Corporation down in Daytona Beach. I worked at Daytona International Speedway um, and kind of leading their corporate sales team and then, you know, logistics around events within the, the suite tower on the front stretch. Um, and uh, I was there for that full year's event cycle, which includes uh, Speed Weeks, where the Daytona 500 sits, and then uh, Pepsi Week at the time, which was the, pep the Pepsi 400, um, and, and they had a couple of Bike Week events. And that was my first opportunity to, you know, lead people and, and kind of look at things from a, from a different way, um, get, out, get out of the traditional sales role uh, a little bit and stretch in that way. And uh, it was a great experience, met a lot of wonderful people there. But it's funny that as much it happened in that window of time, it was the only year that I was there. Uh, the opportunity here at the Vikings opened up in a, in, a, in a marketing manager role. And that was where I really wanted to kind of point myself. And I was like, I can't, I can't pass this up. Um, and it was to go back to a team too. I really liked the team sports side of things. And um, it took maybe leaving that to realize it. Um, so I made the jump moved to Minnesota. Uh, and that was in 2004. Uh, shortly after that, the, um, um, Red McCombs was the owner at the time that I, that I came here, uh, the Wilfs, uh, bought the team and, um, it just kind of maybe right place, right time. It was also the, the growth of, of digital video, uh, the, the social media really started to hit the mainstream. And so the opportunity around content, um, and using that as a marketing tool, was just crazy, crazy good. And we were maybe a, a little ahead of the game and the Wilfs are amazing supporters of that. And so it just continued to grow um, and created Vikings Entertainment Network in 2007. So we're 15 years in now. Uh, we have some of the best facilities in the NFL with US Bank Stadium, Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center, which is our headquarters and then TCO Studios uh, within the headquarter building here, which just from a technology standpoint is amazing. So it really sets us up for a lot of, of, of great potential here as we as we continue to look forward in this new era of Vikings football, as Joe mentioned earlier in the in the in the talk. So um, take us through the last, obviously, the transition of, you know, the craziness of COVID, but, you know, both on and off the field, on the field, obviously, a lot of change. And that has really kind of driven where you guys are today and, and take us a little bit through kind of what um, not only where you are now, but where is it going in the future with, with what you want to do in terms of content and reaching new audiences? Sure. Um, yeah. I think first of all, like a couple of our goals that are in some form almost annual um, is we, you know, we really want to strengthen that bond with the fans that we know uh, this year, the twist to that is, is with, you know, a new front office, a new head coach and, and GM, like how can we, you know, storytell or, you know, with all the new stuff that's here, how can we do a good job of storytelling to continue to strengthen that bond? And we can measure brand sentiment to see how people are feeling about things. That's how we'll know whether or not we have success there. So that's driven a lot by access and collaboration. Um, the, you know, so Quasi Adolfo Mensa, our new GM started in January, Kevin O'Connell, former offensive coordinator for the Rams, came to us as our head coach in, in February. And these guys are, are connected. They're collaborative. They listen. Uh, they're solutions oriented. I mean, literally everything that you need 
to be successful um, when you work, when you try to work, you know, from a business side of an organization with the, with the football side. Um, it's not, they're not separate. It's all one organization kind of striving for the same thing. So from a, from a Vikings entertainment network standpoint, what our goals are is, like I said, is strengthen that bond with our awesome fans uh, through this storytelling. So it's a really great opportunity right now. And we've, we were able to do some of that uh, through the draft process over this, over the past weekend, you saw some amazing stuff come out from, from the organization and, and, and my team in general. Um, so that's one piece of it. And then the second one is, is how do we, how do we attract that future fan, you know, the fan of tomorrow. And, and that's in a much, much different way than what I had just mentioned, um, you know, before. So I think the opportunity with this, you know, ability to kind of reframe things and think differently has allowed us to create a new department uh, that will have a primary focus of, of, of reaching those new audiences through a, a different type of, of content. Um, obviously, storytelling is at the base of everything, but um, how do you connect those fans with the, the, you know, the personalities within the building and, and all the things that we're doing from a, from a social impact standpoint and those things that have purpose behind it, which are, um, you know, more, more easy to connect to the fans of fans of tomorrow. A um, couple things off of that. Uh, the NFL, although very progressive now, and, you know, and people talk about spring football, you know, and all these new leagues and whatever it is, well, the NFL is spring football. I mean, they've created a new season around the draft and the schedule and, you know, every bit of minutia that you could possibly do to empower a fan. Um, from your perspective, you mentioned some things, social impact, obviously being in Minnesota, the, you know, where a lot of the George Floyd stuff took place, individual athletes and building their own brands. Again, everybody thinks that they're content creators and they're out there doing stuff and people are whispering in their ears, brand partners. How do you figure that into it? And then obviously, you know, the other big picture things that, that fans love to find about, you know, coaches in their offices, you know, the hard knocks type of thing. Um, how does this new vision for Viking Entertainment work? Does it pull all those pieces together and make it easier for, for the Vikings brand to touch on all those things? Or are there still silos that have to be set up and broken down? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I, I would say it pulls everything together um, at the you know, kind of the, the surface level, because ultimately, what are you, you know, what are you trying to achieve and what's the distribution platform? You know, how are you going to publish it? Like you, you can't run the same content on TikTok that you would on your, on YouTube. Um, so you have to get that granular through your planning process so that all of your creators who are amazing, right. You want to open it up. Like we have this thing, like let the creators create. Wow. That means get all the other stuff out of the way. <laughs> That's what these folks have this, this, their superpower, you know, and so let them get into it. So we try to promote, get the strategy piece done and in, in the front end, here's what our goals are in the various platforms. So here's, you know, throw that ball out there and go chase it down now. Um, so that's, that's when I say, like, I think that pulls it together because everybody on the team knows what they're supposed to do to help get us to where we're, we're trying to get to. With that said, you know, the various teams within Vikings entertainment network do have a primary focus. So that could be the, you know, the more NFL films type all access content where we get biked up players and we're in the draft room and, you know, all this stuff around the building that people can't, you know, necessarily see. Um, and that attracts a certain fan persona. Then you have, okay, what, what are these, you know, do they have shoe collections? Are they, 
they into their own nfts are they you know like music like where you know what's their story how did they get to where they're at who do they play for you know all those sorts of things um which can be a little more like maybe snack sized content um that you know plays more to the social platforms which you know can get into um to these audiences that are maybe a little more harder to reach or shorter attention span or you know whatever and um ultimately at the end of the day we're, we're trying to build the the fan for tomorrow and that fan is gonna is gonna connect with our team in a, in a very different way from someone in my generation and so by having a dedicated staff focused on that we feel like that will give us a better chance for success and we're anxious to see you know as we kind of roll through 2022 what that looks like what can we test and learn from um, and, um, and, you know, just kind of keep pointing us in that right direction with this opportunity we have. Um, two questions, Brian, what is the Viking fan casual and diehard? Where does he, she, or they consume content? And is that different from, let's say even just a twins or a Timberwolves fan or a Packers or a Cowboys fan? Um, how is that different and how do you guys address that? Or is it on different platforms, um, different cadences? How does that work? Yeah. So, um, it's, it's a, uh, something that we constantly watch. We get a lot of our data and insights from the NFL and then from the platforms directly. Uh, so we'll take those and, and use them as we, as we can. I think the, the more, avid fan the fan that we know you know it's it's funny over the course of time like when we first got into this we no, no matter what we posted people consumed it mm-hmm. and then it became more competitive uh, obviously with teams in the market that that makes a lot of sense but also like competing with any content that's out there like we're posting stuff on our own social channels and you had we had to really be able to adapt quickly um and so I think we did a we did a good job of that. Where we see um, a lot of consumption, believe it or not, is Facebook for our our known wow. fans has a ton of of referrals. Also known as Meta now. now. So yeah. oh, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we we have um, a good uh, following on YouTube, um, mm-hmm. and, and we and we like our YouTube strategy. See a lot of opportunity coming there. Of course, that the content that's a little more evergreen does does a little better there. Um, and then our own owned and operated uh, channels, such as Vikings.com, uh, we have a responsive site. So that's, you know, basically your desktop or your mobile phone reacts in the same way. Uh, so the content consumption by our fans is exactly the same, no matter what. Uh, and then our app, our team app. Uh, so we, we still have a ton of traffic through there. We drive traffic through Twitter at times. Uh, our, our, we have a, a good follower account there and, and we can use Twitter strategically to drive traffic to our website still. Um, natively on the platforms to do a good job. Instagram obviously is super, super visual. So we have a strategy there as well. And then we, we still participate on, on Snapchat uh, and actually see a lot of growth there and a lot of success mm-hmm. there, um, which I think some people might find surprising. Uh, we're even considering doing um, a specific content series solely for Snapchat this year to see how that performs. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's very robust and, um, we got to think of things differently and which is awesome because it keeps people on their toes. You know, you don't get stale and, and kind of into, into the routine. Let's use the example of, um, 
the draft. Can you walk us through the people, like, just in terms of numbers and how it worked? Did you guys, um, did you guys do a stadium event as well? We do. Uh, for yeah. So you had a stadium event where you, I'm sure you had staff. You had the war room, obviously. You had, I would assume, people in Las Vegas grabbing the draft picks as they came through. Um, what was that day like compared to something that you would have gone through five years ago? Hmm. Well, thankfully, we've got more people now to help us have a better mm -hmm. chance of success. But, um, yeah, you know, the league has done an excellent job of really programming all around that and making it into, you know, I'd say more than a tentpole event. Like it's a it's, it's a, like a, a segment of the calendar that people are kind of going into. And it's not just a, a secondary thing behind like game days. It's as important as a game. So like our strategy, we did, you're right. We had people on the ground in, in Vegas. We had a, a, a photog camera, a camera operator out there. We had a, a producer and a, uh, an on-air talent. Uh, we have what well, we take in our facility. We actually take one of the conference rooms and make it like a social media command center. And so our, our designers and our social media team are in that area. You got your PR team, which are, which is down um, you know, by outside the draft room, we've got a couple people in VN that go in and out of the draft room when it gets close to our pick so they can capture reaction. We, we record the phone calls, just all these different elements that we can then take and put into a storytelling piece. We may, some of it may not ever see the light of day, uh, but we have the most, that most important thing, which is trust with our ownership group and our football side that allow us in there, uh, which is, you know, that's half the battle right there. And then we have our, you know, our actual editors, they have their edit suites. So they're positioned down in their areas. And just as soon as stuff comes in they're they're pulling it out there. So it is really like a newsroom, just like a game day. Everybody has a role and stuff runs in there. I mean, we have a couple open positions right now, but like when we're fully staffed, we're, we're 40 strong, right. um, you know, across the various departments. So um, it's, uh, it's cool. And it pulls everybody together and you kind of feel you know, the energy and excitement of bringing new people on board. And Lewis Seen, our, our, our first round draft pick from Georgia, like his story and like, I mean, it just, it's exciting. And uh, which is about it, you know, like sports is a communal thing, you know, that, that's where it draws people together. But to see that happen on a smaller scale within the office amongst your own teammates is, is pretty cool. So you say 40 now, what was that staff number five years ago? Four? Yeah, five years ago, it was probably about 24. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So um, another piece I want to touch on is international. Obviously, the league has assigned international territories really for the first time uh, that although the NFL obviously has dipped their toe and it's continued to grow in places like London and Germany. Um, how does that affect your content strategy now? Is there kind of a plan for doing, you know, Vikings in Espanol and Vikings in Deutschland and Vikings in you know, Japanese, you know, how, how is that going to change going forward from what you guys are trying to do, especially on the Vikings entertainment network side? Yeah. Um, well, that's, it's a really exciting time for that right now. Um, first of all, I'll give some, some kudos to our executive director of digital and innovation, Scott Kegley. Uh, he's been here for about seven years now. And, and he, he was really the person internally to, to, to take that the, the bidding on the international home marketing territories, the process that the league had over the course of the past year um, to really bring that to fruition for us. His passion behind that is what got us to where, to where we are. Um, he had a lot of vision years ago. So we started participating in, on social platforms in the UK 
um, and, and some Germany and some other areas, you know, several years ago so that we could get some data and kind of understand, you know, some of the behaviors and what people were looking for from a content standpoint. Um, from a like a revenue, like you couldn't go and sell sponsorship there. That's what the this whole deal is now. We're able to build a, a full business plan around international, whereas before it was simply what we could do on on social channels and in those areas. Um, so we have a we're actually hiring for a director of international marketing right now, where we're down to you know a dozen or so candidates. Uh, looking forward to bringing that person on board to kind of lead that process moving forward. But we were awarded uh, the UK and Canada. We're one of two teams in Canada, along with the Seahawks, and then uh, in the UK, we're one of six teams. Um, so, and we're, you know, as just announced uh, earlier this week, we're, you know, we are playing an international game in London at the new Tottenham Stadium. Uh, we're the road team playing the Saints. So we're excited to be able to play in London um, in the, the first year that we have that as a, as a home marketing territory. So that gives us some, some extra opportunity. But we, we are uh, planning, uh, you know, uh, an even more robust content strategy there, um, you know, some experiential, I think eventually we'll get into having, you know, some sort of event capacity in, in these areas. Uh, we have a program called Late Night Vikes, which is obviously, you know, when a game's on at noon here, it's late, it's later there, um, that we're trying to build, like, it's not a fan club, but it does pull, like, it's a, it's a mm -hmm. brand that pulls people together and it can lead to, you know, some sort of fan club as, as we grow. Um, but, you know, and then Canada is just right up the road from us. Um, you have obviously your, your, you know, Buffalo and, and Cleveland and Detroit and Seattle with the, with the areas that they, you know, kind of consider their own around there, but the prairie the, of, of Canada is untapped. And so we feel like that's an area that we can really, you know, connect with and it, it, it may even lead to some people making the trip down and coming to games, but it's, it's the way of life is, is similar and, and there's a lot of common, common bond there. So we're excited about what we can do in Canada in that regard. So it's at, it's at the very infancy stages outside of what we've learned from a content consumption standpoint over the years. And, and when we get this person on board here in the coming weeks, uh, we'll, we'll take off and I look forward to what we're, what we see and what we learn in, in, in 2022. Hmm. Brian, talk a little bit about, um, you talked about the new fan. Um, how has that changed? And, and, and what are some of the platforms? Everybody, you know, it seems like, especially in sports and the team side, people will jump to whatever the shiny new toy is. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes those platforms go away really quickly. Um, how do you say this is the platform that we want to engage with and spend time and money against for young people, for women, for a Latino audience. Um, how do you judge which ones you should put your time into? And then kind of, are there any examples specifically of best practices that you've seen the last couple of years that, that the Vikings have delivered to really engage with that audience? Yeah. Um, so first of all, just give a little bit of a education around like, so uh, participating on platforms really falls in line with what the NFL kind of guides us to. So we get a lot of insights from them and, and, the, and the club media group. Uh, they're very collaborative and um, maybe because of the way we think or the new facilities and all that stuff, we, we do get the opportunity to maybe be a beta team on some projects or whatever. Um, we, we hired, um, uh, we, well, we had, okay, we had a social media intern on our staff that 
we assigned TikTok to, to be our main person on TikTok and just let them go. And they killed it so much so that we brought them on full time and that's what they do day in and day out. And we've, you know, so we're still, I would, I would consider ourselves still in this testing phase to see what, you know, what works there. But um, we've found that some of that content is translatable to, to, to Snapchat. And some of it is also translatable to Instagram in, in, a, in a different way, especially on the reels side of things, as you would expect. Uh, but the, you know, the focus is how can we learn more about TikTok and, and, and what that can do for us. Um, and it's been really exciting to see that grow. Um, we're, we're, we're looking now, and, you know, this is probably more of a lead question at the end of the day, but, you know, the metaverse and, and what that can bring to the table. Um, you know, we've partnered with the league on a few things like Roblox and, um, and so forth, but the, what, what comes from the, from the metaverse is like the interesting topic that everybody's talking about, but we do have to kind of follow the league's lead and to what we can do. So we'll have our ideas ready and we'll try to, you know, learn some things and do some research on it, but, um, we'll have to do stuff in conjunction with them when it, when it gets time, hopefully soon. Mm -hmm. Um, any best practices on the local level that you've seen that really kind of exploded over the last couple of years to, to reach those new groups? Yeah, I think we've, we've learned that, you know, the, the purpose-driven content, um, but really purpose-driven initiatives as a whole, not just the content supports it, right, um, have been really impactful um, and something that we're hoping to do more of now that we're back in the building. I mean, if you look at the last couple of years, like our hands have been tied, you know, from an access standpoint and all kinds, of, we've really had to be creative on like what we could do, you know, from an experiential standpoint or, or anything. And um, the, the content side has maybe helped hold things up a little bit, but now it, it's opening back up and, and we're going to have the ability to almost take an omni-channel approach um, that we might not have really been able to, to maximize in the past few years. So we I'll give you an example of one thing we did from a, our, our social impact team is just amazing. And um, they went out and, and found a, a way to create our own food truck. Yeah. And um, they got Dalvin Cook involved in the launch of it. And we go mm -hmm. out and work in underserved communities, but it's at our games. And, you know, you can create content around that. And it's, you know, the, the influencer verticals that we focus on the most are, our fashion, gaming, music, um, maybe a little bit on the food side. So that kind of, you know, ties in, ties into that as well. Um, fitness is a, is a big one. So just, again, it, it goes into, like, it's not about football. Um, it's about who we are as a team, the, the, the makeup of the personalities, the fact that we're trying to use our platform for impact as much as we possibly can make, make the world a better place. Um, and the stories that go around that, those are the ones that we've seen, you know, mm -hmm. are making the most impact right now. And, and we're allocating more and more resources to supporting those company-wide business initiatives, but also just looking at the, this from a storytelling standpoint, where, where that interest lies and, and how can we execute it. One more question before we get to the last couple of questions, which we ask everyone. Um, so the idea of kind of building this robust network, we'll call it a network of, of content platforms where you control and help create the content, whether it's for you, your partners, working with the players. Um, it seems like, 
don't want to call it a trend, but it's certainly becoming a trend. And I remember Super Bowl in Minnesota, where the Patriots came in and took over part of the Mall of America with this kind of robust, really like almost like studio that was, you know, right off the I remember because Radio Row was in the mall that year, which was an interesting experience unto itself. But like, as soon as you walked in the door off to the right, there was this whole Patriots place. Um, And, you know, you've seen some stuff that the Cowboys have done. Uh, I think the Jets have probably done some stuff along these lines. Uh, But most recently now we've seen the Golden State Warriors come out and say, hey, we're launching a business, which is really kind of like Warriors Entertainment, you know, and, and where people would go and you know, use a third party. Now they're going to, you know, if they want to work with Warriors content, we can do the best job of it. And I've heard the NFL from NFL films doing something similar. So do you see this as being a trend more or a business opportunity? Because you guys are obviously one of the first ones in now. Um, and where do you see this playing out with like say in the next couple of years, if you looked forward and said Vikings Entertainment Network will be doing this, you know, in the spring of 2025. I mean, if you're from an aspirational standpoint, I think that we have a, we have a, obviously the Vikings brand is the, you know, the preeminent overarching piece to it. But I, I believe that we will have a, a lifestyle brand that is driven by the fans. Um, that is, you know, the connector point to everything that we've been talking about. Like, so three years from now, I would actually use that and say, I, I define this as successful if we've gotten there. Um, so going back to the resources standpoint is the, you know, the support from ownership, like we, we, we almost just have these advantages that, you know, I think you'll see, we talk about a business opportunity, other teams, other leagues, you know, really in anything, not saying that, that we're the best ever or anything like that. We always got ways that we can improve, but there is potentially a, a model here that could be replicated and, um, you know, that we've, we've got just around us here at TCO Performance Center, we're building out, you know, Viking Lakes, which is a, a whole 200 acre project. We've got a, an Omni flagship hotel here. Like what, or do we build a restaurant? Like there's, there's multifamily housing. There's, you know, all kinds of things. TCO Stadium right out my window. That, how can we take and, and use these as, as gathering places and, you know, to, again, to highlight some of these stories that are different than just football. So I, I think you, you look at the Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings football team being that kind of that flagship brand, but what are the sub brands underneath that that can c- help grow the business, um, which is the most exciting part that is uh, that I see in, in front of us with this uh, with this initiative. An impresario, you, that's what you will be going forward. So sitting there kind of directing all these pieces in, in the band that come along. Um, last question or last two questions. So many different places that you have to get information from, whether it's about the tech side, the production side, the content side, where do you go? How do you keep up up to date with everything? And then, you know, you've been around this for a long time now. I'm sure you get both people new to the industry and people changing careers. Uh, what's the advice you give people looking to figure out what's coming next for them? Yeah, so I, uh, there's a couple things that I keep track of regularly. Um, on an annual basis, Deloitte puts out this Mm-hmm. kind of outlook for sports outlook. I think it's, if, you, if you Google search Deloitte sports outlook 2022, about an 80 page PDF should pop up on your screen. And it just, it's really thought provoking. Yep. Um, so that from an annual standpoint, I think from a, 
um, you know, over the course of the year. I mean, LinkedIn is the, actually the, the platform I go to the most. I spend mm-hmm. the, the most time on LinkedIn of, of anything else. Um, and there's just so much really good stuff on there, um, you know, through, throughout my network and just in general. Um, so that's a really good spot because you get a good variety. Uh, I also, Joe, I, 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 your newsletter that you send out every weekend, um, sports marketing and PR roundup. Smart that I am. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, and over the years to see how that has grown and evolved and all that is just, you know, it's fantastic. There's, you know, people reach out to me asking like, hey, do you know what jobs are open or whatever? I mean, there's always jobs in there. There's headlines. You're hitting tech. Um, So, you know, so that's a good one. Um, Hashtag sports does a pretty good job. Uh, Lots of cool, innovative stuff that comes out on there. So they're they're worth a follow. Uh, but like you said, I mean, there's, I also spend a lot of time at Harvard business, business review, just yeah. you know, overarching from a leadership perspective and so forth. And we all, we all have to make decisions, right? We, none of us has more than 24 hours in a day. So you just can't, you know, but those are the most important things that I spend a, a fair amount of time on. And then your second question, uh, as far as people that reach out to me, you know, it, it, um, what I tell them, it's, um, you know, it's obviously it's, it's a competitive, a competitive space, but where we sit right now, I have never seen so much change and opportunity as, as we have right now. I mean, it is a perfect time to be coming yeah. into this business. And it used to be about sports, you know, like people are like, oh, I want to work for a team or like whatever. And now, you know, the, the, the business of the businessification of sports is just at an all time high and the opportunity with technology and what that how, how you can bring people into your space that you never, you know, it used to be like, you go to the stadium, you read the newspaper, you know, you do whatever. And um, now you can bring the stadium to someone's computer screen. So like, how can you, how can you maximize that? How can you just continue to learn? So I, I tell people like, if, you know, figure out what your, what your superpower is and what, and what's yeah. good. But like, if you come with just this insane curiosity and willing to willingness to learn, not be, you know, narrow focused until, you know, like, oh, I want to work in the National Football League. Well, okay, great. You can have that as an aspirational goal, but what are some little things that you can do between now and then to help you get there? That might not be going straight to the NFL. It may be going to working for an agency or whatever, but accumulate as much knowledge as you can um, throughout your career. It's not just like when you're getting into it, right? Like I'm still learning every day. Yep. Um, and that's the, that's the important thing is just, your willingness to learn, willingness to be uncomfortable and change every day. And you are absolutely going to be successful. You will get to where you're trying to get to, you know, so that's, that's the main thing. And, um, you know, I don't mean to be preachy on it, but that that's really it. Like if you're willing to learn and be curious and, and, and you're willing to work, you, you got it. You are, you already got it figured out. Just give it time. And then you just got, then you just got to make money, but that's a different story. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, um, one last thing I just realized before we let you go streaming, um, how has, and obviously the NFL is different because it's one game a week, but is there a time when you see going forward, either on a game day that the team controls um, or, you know, in the off season where there are specific Viking streaming channels on whatever platform it is, Amazon, um, with live things that, that people will be able to access that are germane to the team, but things just for Viking fans. And the reason why I bring this up 
is we're sitting here on a Friday, the first Friday of May, me being a Mets partial season ticket holder, had a miracle happen last night where the Mets for the first time in 35 years scored seven runs in the ninth inning to beat the Phillies. But one of the amazing pieces that I saw this morning was SNY had a camera on Gary Cohn calling it the whole time. And while he was calling the ninth inning last night, it was amazing to watch his hand gestures and what Ron Darling was doing next to him. And I had never seen that as like Gary Cohn cam before. So it made me think, and I wanted to ask you, like, so do you think from a local broadcast standpoint or a local content standpoint, you'll be able to have, you know, cheerleader cam, mascot cam, you know, radio announcer cam somewhere down the road where that's part of Vikings entertainment now? So to answer your question as simply as possible, yes, I do. I do believe that stuff like that will come down the pipeline. Um, we currently have our own over the top, you know, connected TV channel, um, but everything that most everything that's on there is on demand right now. So if we put a, to your point, if we had a camera in our radio booth um, capturing Paul Allen on calls, we do, we do an, an edit of that. And that is available on, you know, all of our platforms. We, we're, we're able to do some live shows on, on our connected TV channel, but yeah, I believe that, I mean, that's the type of stuff that we, you know, kind of think about right now and look for those opportunities that we can test it. It will fall in line, you know, like you look at the Amazon Thursday night football package that starts this year. Um, after a, a multi-year partnership of, of, of where you could probably look at it as a test. I mean, things like that with these new broadcast partnerships, like how can we work with them? What are we allowed to do? I mean, um, it may be something that is in conjunction with some of those programs out there, but I think eventually there will be some, some, um, some access, some opportunity that is, is looked at as kind of an all 33, when I say that, meaning all 32 clubs plus the NFL uh, that, you, that you can see uh, – you know, and engage with. Cool. Well, um, again, this has been great. It'll be interesting to have this conversation in 18 months and see how much more money the Wilfs throw you and all the new staff that you have and the way you're going to be able to do that, especially going through an international season for the first time, you know, London and Canada, obviously, you, the UK and Canada. So, um, but, you know, it's obviously been a great fall, a, a great fall, a great spring so far. You know, it's always interesting before training camp starts, everybody's new and excited. And then the reality of the NFL sets in. But it seems like you guys have a handle on, especially on success with the fan level and the content level uh, that's leading new ground for not just for the NFL, but for sports and content in general. So, uh, you know, Brian Harper, VP of Content Production of the Vikings, I really want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, you know, it was really good. And, and I think that, um, you know, your insight has been, you know, tremendously valuable for not just for people who want to consume now, but for where things are going in the future. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on. It's been a pleasure and enjoy the time. I look forward to talking to you again. Cool. Well, once again, uh, you've been listening to the cusp show, as I said, Brian Harper, VP of content production uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm Joe Favorito flying solo this week for my co-host Tom Richardson here on the cusp show, and we will see you down the road.